The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Hi, everybody. Johnny DeConis here, and I'm with my co-host, Gene Marks, and welcome back to this Hartford Small Biz Ahead podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about everybody's favorite topic, paying their taxes in 2020 tax planning. Uh, so, Gene, how are you doing? Uh, sorry, John, I fell asleep while you were introducing the topic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a riveting subject, taxes. You know, I think it's, 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 it, it gets a bum rap. I mean, like, come on, John. I mean, this is like 20 to 30 percent of our income here. I mean, you know, it's it's. And by the way, if, if you know, if you're running a business and you're bored by taxes, you're not alone. Most people are. But it is kind of our biggest expense. And I don't know the smarter people that I know pay attention to what they're doing. They don't the tax policy drive their actions necessarily, but they definitely take it into consideration. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it is. To your point, it's a large chunk of, of the bills that get paid. And I think this year there's a whole new level of um, consideration on, on what's considered a you know a tax deduction, what what are available for credits, what, what are other things we have to pay if you're an employer who's in a state or, or region that had um, you know, leave or emergency leave acts put in, or if that affects you, I mean, it's it's a whole new world, um, and so many definitions this this year. But I think especially as we think about, you know, what we have to account for um, in our tax planning. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, I want to start this off because I, I just wrote about this recently, um, not on Small Biz Ahead, although I really should do this for Small Biz Ahead, but it has to do with one big potential tax liability for a lot of business owners that participated in the Paycheck Protection Program, John. You know, that was obviously a very, very popular program. It's still going on as we're recording this. You know, it is a, uh, you know, it's the program where business owners can get uh, forgivable loans to, you know, to, to pay for their employees and some other non-employee tax, you know, expenses. And that's all well and good. But if you got a paycheck protection loan and you expect to get most, if not all of it forgiven, like most of the business owners that I know and most of my clients, you better be really careful. And here's the reason why. The forgiveness of the loan is not taxable. So that's good news. However, the expenses that you're using to apply for forgiveness, you know, like your payroll expenses, your health insurance, your, you know, uh, rent, your utilities, those expenses, they're not deductible either. And where that brings you into a trap is that if you're running a business like many that are struggling but still doing okay this year, maybe your you know your revenues are flat, they're certainly not growing, or maybe they're a little less than last year, but you know you're you're struggling along and you've been impacted by COVID and you got a paycheck protection loan and you're paying in your estimated taxes based on last year's profits. Well, guess what? Your profits this year, if your revenues are about the same, they're going to be higher this year. And the reason why is because all that money that you're spending on payroll and some of those non-payroll expenses that you're getting forgiven, that won't be deductible this year, which means your taxable income is going to be higher. Protected, And if you're not paying in the amount of taxes that you need to, you could be facing a whopping tax bill after the end of this year. So please... Talk to your accountant about that now, because that is a potential big liability that you could be facing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge for people to consider, because I think, you know, the, the selling point on this program, right, was that it was low interest, you know, 
tax-deductible money, um, I think, in so many people's minds. And, and that's clearly, you know, not entirely true. Um, but again, it was a very complex program. So I guess it really depends on your unique situation. Yep, that's exactly right. And it is a um, we're, we're kind of hoping that Congress picks this up and, and makes that change by the end of the year. The American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, of which I'm a proud member, uh, is fighting hard to make these expenses deductible. Um, and right now, as we speak, uh, they, they give it a 50-50 chance that, that Congress will act and make these expenses deductible, but it may not happen. And, um, you know, you're, you're trying to plan out your expenses for the year. You, you should be taking that into consideration. Right. I mean, so on the liability side, that's, that's you know, kind of an unpleasant update, right? But were there any tax credits that were made available through any of the other relief acts? Because I, I feel like there were some of that made possible in the CARES Act, right? There are a few big tax moves that you could be making this year that I think could save you a lot of money or at least save you on cash flow. So one of them is a deferral and one of them is a credit. And let me or actually there's two credits, but let me just get the deferral thing out of the way first, uh, John. Um, if, if you're paying payroll taxes in your business for your employer's portion of payroll taxes, and you know, it's the 6.2 percent payroll tax. Just so you know, through the end of the year, you can defer them where half would be due in 2020 and the other half would be due in 2021. So just be aware that you've got that ability to defer those payroll taxes and you don't have to apply for it. You don't have to be eligible. Every business is eligible to do that. And what it does, it saves you cash. You still have to pay it eventually, but you can hold on to the money for a little bit longer. And who knows, John, you might need that money. And, and the government's not charging any interest on it either. So it's kind of like an interest-free loan on, on your employer's portion of payroll taxes. So just keep that in mind. That's number one. Um, number two, there's something called the Employee Retention Tax Credit. If you have been significantly affected by uh, the coronavirus to the point where your revenues are 50% or more less quarter by quarter than they were this time last year, then you're entitled to a tax credit. And the credit is up to $5,000 per employee per quarter. It's 50% of their wages up to $10,000. And you can take that credit right against your employer taxes on your 941 tax return. And if your credit is higher than the actual payroll taxes you owe, you can get the cash back from the government. So if you've been really affected by COVID, you should be talking to your accountant and your payroll service provider and, and putting in for that employer retention tax credit. If you participated in the Paycheck Protection Program, you won't be eligible to get it. But if you didn't, then you are. So that's the second point. And then the third tax credit that I want people to be around you know, to know about has to do with the Emergency Family Medical Leave Act, which means that if your employees had to leave, uh, take time off because they were they or a family member were affected by COVID, you have to continue to pay their wages. However, the, um, there is a tax credit available based on the wages that you're paying those employees. You can't take that credit until after the year is over. So you're kind of putting the money out and then you're waiting to get it back in 2021. But it's another big tax credit that's available. So defer your taxes if you want to. You don't need to do anything, but basically not pay them. Just remember, you're going to have to pay them at some point. Number two, think about the employee retention tax credit if you've been really affected by COVID and you're not, um, you're, you're not participating in the Paycheck Protection Program. And if you have employees that took time off 
under the Emergency Family Medical Leave Act, don't forget, you can get a credit for their wages in 2021 against your 2020 taxes. How does all that sound, John? That's a lot, but it sounds good. And, and when you're talking about leave, you're really talking about kind of the national move that was done uh, um, yeah. with the families first, right? That's exactly right. So that happened, you know, it was back in March. And, right. you know, you know what, what the CARES Act, you know, allowed, uh, it was actually, I think, separate from the CARES Act. But I think it was the family's first response, like the very right. first one, right? Exactly right. And it basically says, you know, if you've got employees that are working for you that either are affected by COVID, sick with it, test positive, or, you know, affected because they have close family members that have been affected and they have to take time off, but it is the law is you have to give them the time off and you've got to pay them for it. Right. Um, so a lot of employers are like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to do that. And it, by the way, it's regardless of size. Uh, right. It doesn't matter how big your business or small your business is, but at least there's a tax credit that you can claim in the future for the payments that you made. Oh, I thought there were some business size parameters on that first one that were amended. But you know what? I, that's what's interesting is we have a team at the Hartford who specializes in absence management. So what we can do, too, is leave a link in the show notes for this episode. And one of the really cool things they do is they have an entire national leave um, kind of resource center. So you can go in and find some impact statements from um, specialized attorneys on kind of what that might mean for you. Um, learn what it does at a state level if you're an employer or just someone who's curious. So we can leave a link for that, too, because there's some really good information out there um, that's probably easier for you to read than for me to recite um, to make sure you're getting it accurately. And so and you're calling it absence management. I love that. Yeah, so it's, you know, we, aside from small business insurance, we also, you know, we, we have other products here at the Hartford, and one of them is um, employee benefits, and a large part of that is leave management and absence management. So if you um, need a supplemental health product or if somebody gets injured kind of on their own, um, you know, things like life insurance and, and disability and accidental injury, um, that's kind of a whole other division. So they really focus on helping kind of businesses find the products that set them up to kind of help people get healthy and back to work and productive faster, and then also kind of help take care of them while they're out. So it's it's an interesting kind of pseudo health space, but um, but a lot of what they do is really help guide on the changing legislation, because I think a lot of that that started last year ramped up so quickly and so um, dynamically kind of as a result of COVID. So there's a lot of current information there that might be helpful to some of you. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. You know, I think back to, to taxes, you know, and given everyone's in a, a unique situation, every state's probably different in category. But are there any moves that a business owner might want to consider making in 2020 to, to kind of minimize some of these liabilities or make sure they're eligible for some of these credits? Yeah. And first of all, I, I, I mean, I do want to say, John, like there's a lot of attention has been given and rightly so to the so many business owners in this country that have really been suffering through through this, the pandemic and particularly people in the restaurant retail industry. Uh, but let's not forget that there are a lot of businesses in this country that have actually been, you know, keeping keeping it together. Some that have actually been doing OK. I mean, there are certain industries. I mean, look, e-commerce sales are up 20 percent this year and, and certain industries, groceries and deliveries and you know, cleaning products and healthcare. Uh, I know I have a lot of clients that have been having a pretty decent year and and there's other companies that are essential businesses. So it's been very disruptive. They've, they've had to send people home to work, but they're still, 
you know, they're still working away. And the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, all there's a lot of companies out there. It, tax planning is still super important this year. You know, I mean, you, you really want to try and minimize what your tax liability is. It's cash that, that's going out of your pocket. So, yes, John, there is certain certain things that you can be doing. And let me just let me just mention a few things that you want to talk to your accountant about. Um, number one is there is still the this great deduction for buying capital equipment. It's called the Section 179 deduction. You can buy computers, furniture, equipment for your business, and if you buy it, you can uh, you can deduct up to a million dollars in your first year. Depends if you're eligible, and most small businesses are. But you could take an immediate deduction for a capital equipment purchase. And what's really telling is that because interest rates are so low, getting loans right now are very attractive. And if you finance your capital equipment purchases, you don't even you know you can finance the purchase, and as long as you put the the, the equipment into service before the end of the year. You get the full deduction and you haven't even paid for it yet because you financed it. So that's a real important thing to keep in mind is is you know, making investments in capital equipment. And by the way, John, you know, with the way the economy has been, there's been some companies that have really been distressed. And there's a lot of capital equipment deals that are out there right now on auction sites and, you know, used equipment sites. And it's a good time if you got some got the wherewithal to snap up some deals uh, finance it and take a big tax deduction for it in, at the same time. So that's one piece of advice that I have for you. Uh, the second piece of advice for that I have for a lot of business owners is to try and continue to sock away as much as we can for retirement. Uh, if you have a 401k plan or a pension plan, if you are a very small company, um, maybe just you and one other person or you and your, your spouse, for example, or partner, I have a lot of clients that are looking into cash balance defined benefit plans, which means it's a very small plan that you can set up, but you can deduct. You could put away potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars as tax free um, as long as you set the parameters of the plan in a certain way and get it set up correctly. So if you are looking to put money away for retirement that you don't think you'll be using for another 10 or 20 years um, and you've got a very, very small business, a huge tax advantage way to try and do that is it what's called a cash balance defined benefit plan. Talk to your tax advisor and talk to your retirement plan advisor. It's another um, another potential option for you. And third has to do with just research and development. If you are doing research and development, uh, the R&D tax credit is still it's 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 been um, designed to be easier to apply for. Um, a lot of businesses don't go to the effort to to applying for the R&D tax credit. I think you're you're missing out on a lot of money. Um, it's you know, if you're working on new products or new product designs or upgrading your products, all that can qualify your your payroll, your materials, any outside contracting costs. And if you think it's too complicated, just Google R&D tax credit consultants and you'll find plenty of people out there that, that do this work on a boutique basis and they can help you put together the, the application and you could be saving some big, big money. So the accelerated depreciation under Section 179, big deduction that you can take if you buy capital equipment. That's one. Stocking away money in your retirement plans, always a great move to make. But consider that defined the the cash balance defined benefit plan. And, and also check out the R&D tax credit. If you are putting money into new product designs and upgrading products and, and researching new products, um, could be a big credit that you could use to offset your taxes. Now, Gene, I mean, quickly, on because the R&D thing, that's really interesting. 
interesting because I feel like, you know, one of the things I'm continually inspired and, and really impressed by over the past couple months has just been seeing how people brought their businesses and kind of services to bear in completely new ways that are just very unexpected, you know, because, um, you know, th you think of small businesses as being these hearts and kind of souls of the communities and these gathering spaces and everything from gyms to, to restaurants, just thinking of different ways to to kind of get things out there, even libraries or galleries or nonprofits. Um, you know, do you feel like some of those digital kind of activations that these traditionally in-person um, like businesses have had to make would, would kind of fall under that? Um, yeah. Or is it really more for like technical kind of product development versus kind of like service alterations? Such a great question. So, um, so I'll answer your question in reverse. No, it's not for this traditional tech companies. You know, people think like, oh, the R&D tax credits for people doing software development or they're in the pharmaceutical business. And so my little company wouldn't qualify. Absolutely not correct. So, John, the point that you bring up is, is so true. If you are yourself redesigning a product or thinking of, uh, of offering a new product line. And to do that, you've got to put some investment into that product line. And that is testing, hiring outside consultants, having your employees spend time putting up uh, whatever work they've got to do to design and create any kind of new product lines. Uh, you know, a perfect example that I, I have some clients that are, I have one client that's actually, it's it, they're in the Bronx and they make, um, before they, they made like t-shirts of promotional items for companies. And when all this stuff was going down, they pivoted a little bit and started making, um, you know, personal protective equipment, right? Well, they had to, you know, sort of, you know, do stuff to their machines. They had to hire additional people. They needed some consulting help to do it. They had to get some materials. They had some testing. And we've been working with them to try and, you know, to try and uh, quantify those those costs that they incurred for this whole new product line, because those costs are eligible to go into the calculation for the R&D tax credit. So you're absolutely right. It's not just this what you think it is, this traditional pharmaceutical or tech companies that, that can take advantage of it. It could be anybody that's, that's pivoting and innovating and trying new things, particularly in, in the wake of the pandemic. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's worth it. It's worth an online search for sure. You know, if it, it can, can help you accelerate your innovation agenda and, and maybe save some dollars this year. So um, I think those are all great things to kind of keep in mind. And I think, you know, people are, are starting to think about their end of year year and in fiscal planning now. So so hopefully everyone out there found this information helpful. So, you know, with that, I think we'll, we'll wrap up this edition of A Small Biz Ahead. And thank you, Gene, again for the, the great insight and advice. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one.